Chapter Four of A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Veronica Shaletti. A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter by Alice Turner Curtis. Chapter Four, An Unexpected Journey. When Sylvia did not come in with the other girls, Miss Patton sent a maid in search of her. But she did not search very carefully. She called Sylvia's name a few times, sauntered about the garden, and then reported, "'Can't find Mrs. Sylvia.' She was then told to go straight to Mrs. Fulton's house on the East Battery and see if Miss Sylvia had reached home. Miss Patton did not feel anxious. She thought it probable that the little northern girl did not realize the rules of the school, had become tired, and so started for home. "'Did Miss Sylvia say anything to any of you young ladies about leaving the grounds?' she questioned the pupils, but they all declared that they knew nothing of her whereabouts. "'She was on the path behind us when the bell rang,' volunteered May Bailey. Eleanor's face was unusually flushed, and she kept her eyes on her book. "'Probably,' The little Yankee, as she called Sylvia even in her thoughts, had run home to tell her mother of the trouble. By the time Miss Patton's messenger had reached the Fulton house, Sylvia was in the cabin of the little schooner. The girl gave her message to Mrs. Fulton in so indefinite a manner that at first Sylvia's mother hardly understood whether Sylvia was in the garden of the school or had started for home. Estralla was standing near the steps and began whimpering. Oh, Missy Sylvia lost. That's what she say. She lost. Nonsense, Estralla. Sylvia could not be lost in Miss Patton's garden, said Mrs. Fulton, but she decided to return to the school with the maid. As they went down the street, Estralla followed close behind. Her bare feet made no noise, but now and then she choked back a despairing little wail, for the little colored girl was sure that some harm had befallen her new friend. When Mrs. Fulton appeared at the schoolroom door, Miss Patton was greatly alarmed. Eleanor Mayhew and May Bailey exchanged a look of surprised apprehension. In a short time, a thorough search for the lost girl was in progress. Servants were sent along the streets, and Mrs. Fulton hastened home, thinking it possible that Sylvia might be in her own room. No one paid any attention to the little colored girl in the faded blue cotton gown, who wandered about the paths and around the summer house. Estralla noticed two of the older girls talking together, and heard the taller one say, "'Well, whoever she is, she needn't think we will ever take back one word. She is a Yankee.' "'They has done something to my missy,' decided Estralla. "'They scared her.' She ran down the path toward the wall at the end of the garden, and stopped suddenly, for, right in front of her, caught on the jessamine vine which grew over the wall, she saw a fluttering blue ribbon. "'That's often Missy Sylvia's hair that ribbon is,' she whispered, reaching up for it. Holding it fast in her hands, she looked closely at the mass of heavy vines, and nodded her little woolly head. "'That's what she done. She done right up there to get away from those imps of Satan what was a-plaguing her,' decided Estralla. And in an instant she was going up the wall in a much easier manner than had been possible for Sylvia. She dropped on the further side, just as Sylvia had done, and traced Sylvia's steps to near the landing-place. Then she stopped short, 
Men were loading boxes on a schooner at the end of the pier, and she could see a tall officer in uniform standing on the deck of the vessel. Hello! Here's another small girl. Black one this time, said one of the white sailors. Yas, Mizza. Please, where's my missy? replied the little darky eagerly. Safe in the cabin, nodded the good-natured man. Estralla slipped behind a pile of boxes and watched for a chance to get on board the vessel without being seen. She had heard many tales, told by the older colored people, of little children, yes, and grown people, too, who had been enticed on board vessels in far-off African ports and carried off to be sold into slavery. Estralla remembered that all those people in the stories were black, but who could tell but was there some place in the world where white people were sold? Anyway, she resolved that wherever Missy Sylvia went, she would go with her. In a few moments, she saw a chance to run over the gangplank. She went straight toward the cabin door and peered in. Yes, there was Missy Sylvia on the broad cushioned seat under the window. Very softly, Estralla tiptoed across the cabin. Just as she was about to speak Sylvia's name, the sound of approaching footsteps startled her, and, sure that she would be sent on shore by whoever might discover her, she looked about for a hiding place, and the next instant she was curled up under the very seat on which Sylvia was asleep. It was not long before Estralla followed her missy's example, but she was wide awake when Captain Carleton came into the cabin. As soon as he returned to the deck, Estralla crawled out from her hiding place and looked about her. "'Wake up, Missy,' she whispered, leaning over Sylvia, and Sylvia sat up quickly with a little cry of astonishment. "'Don't you be scared,' said Estralla softly, "'cause I ain't going to let you be carried off. I knows just how slaves are catched. Yes, am I does. My mammy told me. They gets folks in ships and carries them off and sells them to folks. And I ain't going to let them have you, Missy. There were tears in Estralla's eyes. She knew that her own brother had been sold the previous year and taken to a plantation in Florida. She had heard her mother say that she, Estralla, might be sold at any time. She knew that slavery was a dreadful thing. Where are they taking us? questioned Sylvia, for she realized that the vessel was moving swiftly through the water. She wondered why Captain Carleton had gone away. Seeing Estralla there gave her a dreadful certainty that what the little darky said might be true. Perhaps the vessel might have others on board who were being taken off to be sold, as Estralla declared. Yes, Missy. My mammy's told me just how white folks gets black folks for slaves. Takes them away from they mammies and never lets them go back. Yes. And Estralla's big eyes grew round with terror. But I'm a white girl, Estralla said Sylvia. Estralla shook her head dolefully. Yes, Missy, but I's going to get you safe home. You do just as I tell you, and you'll be safe back with your mammy by tomorrow, she declared. You lay down and keep your eyes tight shut till I comes back, she added, and Sylvia, tired and frightened, obeyed. The schooner was now coming to her landing at Fort Sumter. Estralla managed to get on deck without being noticed. She did not know where they were, but wherever it was, she resolved to get Sylvia out of the vessel and ran back to the cabin. "'Now don't you speak to nobody. Just keep right close to me,' she whispered. And Sylvia obeyed. 
The two little girls crept up the cabin stairs, and crouching close to the side of the cabin, made their way toward the stern of the vessel. The crew and the soldiers and Captain Carleton were now all toward the bow. A small boat swung at the stern of the schooner. Now, Mizzy, we's got to get ourselves into that boat and row back home, whispered Estralla, grasping the rope. At that moment, Sylvia turned to look back. She could see a tall officer on the forward deck, and without an instant's hesitation she ran toward him, calling, Captain Carleton! Captain Carleton! He turned smilingly toward her, and Sylvia clasped his hand. I didn't know where I was, she said. You ought Fort Sumter, and it's all my fault, he answered. I forgot all about you until we were nearly here. But what of my men is going to sail you safely home? What's this? he added, as Estralla appeared by Sylvia's side. It's Estralla. Her mammy is our cook, said Sylvia. The captain looked a little puzzled. He wondered how the little darky had got on board the vessel without being seen. Well, she will be company for you. And you must ask your father and mother to forgive my carelessness in taking you so far from home, said the captain. It was sunset when Sylvia and Estralla, escorted by one of the soldiers from Fort Sumter, came walking up East Battery. Mrs. Fulton was on the piazza, and Mrs. Waite and Grace were with her. Grace was the first to see and recognize Sylvia, and with a cry of delight ran to welcome her. The soldier had a note from Mrs. Fulton, explaining that Sylvia, apparently on her way from school, had wandered down to the landing, and of Captain Carleton's forgetting her presence in the cabin, so that Sylvia was not questioned that night in regard to her disappearance from Miss Patton's. Grace knew nothing of Sylvia's encounter with Eleanor Mayhew, so no one could imagine why she had started for home without a word to Miss Patton. Mrs. Fulton was too rejoiced to have her little girl safely at home to question or blame her. Sylvia was not hungry. The officer in charge of Fort Sumter had given the two children an excellent supper. But she was tired and very glad to have a warm bath and go straight to bed. Oh, mother, this has been the most horrid day in all my life, she said, as her mother brushed out the tangled yellow hair and helped her prepare for bed. It has been rather hard for your father and me, Mrs. Fulton reminded her. We began to fear some dreadful thing had happened to our little girl. Promise me, Sylvia, never to run away from school again. Sylvia promised. She wished she could tell her mother that it was not school she ran away from, that she was trying to escape the taunts and unfriendliness of her schoolmates. But she remembered her promise. She had declared proudly that she should not tell. And hard as it was, she resolved that she would keep that promise. But she wished with all her heart that she need not go to school another day. Do I have to go to Miss Patton's school, mother? She asked in so unhappy a voice that Mrs. Fulton realized something unpleasant had happened. We will talk it over tomorrow, dear, she said. Go to sleep now. And Sylvia crept into the white bed, quite ready to sleep but wondering how she could talk about going to school and still keep her promise when tomorrow came. End of chapter 4 Recording by Veronica Shaletti, Springfield, Missouri